What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's, and welcome back to our bonus series covering everything and all things Loki. I'm your host, Matt Johnson, a.k.a. a relatively nice variant version of Loki that never learned magic, never spent time in Asgard, and I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, is just a normal human being. And I'm Keith Baker, a.k.a. Elementus Train Driver. And I'm Austin Terry, a.k.a. a simple Asgardian flute player. We hope you've all been having a great week as well as a week full of great content consumption. I, for one, have not watched anything new this week, unfortunately. So I'm going to open the floor to you guys. Have you been watching anything new? Is there anything that we should be checking out? Yeah, I uh, went ahead and checked out the animated Harley Quinn show on HBO Max, and I was pleasantly surprised to find that it is as much of a hard R as Invincible. Uh, DC really took a swing with this one. It's got an incredible cast behind it, too. Kaylee Cuckoo does the lead for Harley Quinn. It's super violent, full of swear words. It pokes fun at DC and, and kind of all of the comic book lore. So if anybody is looking for a fun DC show, I'd highly recommend Harley Quinn. Uh, yeah, as for me, I've been preparing for our best comedy bracket, so I checked out McGruber and Popstar. Ooh. I will say one of those is way better than the other, but I won't say which one yet. We'll have to find out. Wait to the bracket. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about Popstar because that is one, I haven't rewatched it yet for that comedy bracket, but that is one Matt and I have always disagreed on. That is true. That is true. We'll have to see if a fresh perspective will change anybody's thoughts. Maybe even mine. Who's to say? Um, along with that, if this is your first episode of The Arnie's, welcome. We are very happy to have you. Our main episodes come out every Tuesday. Earlier this week, we talked about another one of our favorite movies, Prisoners. And Austin, since you picked this one, and it just happened to be a super interesting thriller to rewatch and break down, or in the case of Keith, experience for the first time, how about you tell me what it was like talking about one of your favorites, and what are some highlights from the recording? Yeah, it was really fun to go back to Prisoners. I was super excited for Keith to check it out, because he had never seen it. Uh, it's one of my favorite thrillers that's come out recently, and it was super fun to just kind of go back and talk about the mystery that unfolds in that episode, all of the great performances from Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman, and Terrence Howard. And then, of course, Keith had a, a fun fact. Oprah was almost our big bad in Prisoners, so it was fun to talk about what could have been with Oprah Winfrey in the lead. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can anybody out there imagine what it would have been like having Oprah Winfrey as the villain in Prisoners? I can, and frankly, we deserve it. Zack Snyder, get on it. We need your help. Get this cut made. Give us the Winfrey cut. <laughs> Give us the Winfrey cut. Winfrey cut. <laughs> As of this coming Tuesday, it's time to wrap up this Our Favorite Movie series for now, and I'll be closing this one out with one of my favorite action-adventure movies, The Mask of Zorro. Now, Keith, as we all know, this is one of your favorites as well. Are you looking forward to rewatching this classic? I definitely am looking forward to rewatching this, because it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I was, I've been trying to rack my brain, like, what actually happens in this movie? I, I can't remember how it even ends and what really goes on in it. All I can remember is that Antonio Banderas is badass in it. We get a Mr. I think it's Anthony Hopkins as as a Spaniard. <laughs> yeah, as a Spaniard. That's always really funny to me to watch that. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a good show. I'm really looking forward to what Austin thinks about it and if it really lives up to Matt and I's hype. This might be breaking news for you guys, but I'm I'm fairly certain this will be my first ever viewing of the Mask of yes. Zorro. Golly, you're in for it. Does he cut a Z in somebody's clothing in that movie? Yes. Okay, I've seen it, but that's all I remember from it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, get ready for that classic scene. Um, 
Awesome. So be sure to keep an eye out for that when that episode drops. We have some great content out now and some more exciting stuff on the way. Please subscribe to The Arnie's wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Leave us some reviews with your thoughts, and also, we want to hear from you. So send us a message on Instagram at The Arnie's or email us, thearniesmedia at gmail.com. Let us know how you're feeling about all this content we're putting out. And now, it is time to get into our main topic. I think it's safe to say that Loki has been surprising us so far over these first couple episodes. I certainly didn't expect this world and story from the trailers, and I've been having a blast. There was a lot of exposition in the first two episodes that we had varying thoughts on, but everything else seemed to go over well. So now that we are officially past the halfway point of this season, I think our discussion will be a bit more informed now that we might have a bit more of an idea of where they're headed. At least, hopefully. So with that, let's go ahead and quickly remind everybody of how we felt about the show so far, and Austin and Keith, please as well share your non-spoiler thoughts on episode three. Yeah, I've really been loving this season of Loki. Um, I I thought the premiere was great with some minor kind of nitpicky things from me. I thought the second episode really ended on a high note when I couldn't wait to get into episode three. Um, And as for this week's episode, I, I still really liked it. I'm still having fun with this show. However, I was surprised after just where we ended things in episode two that we kind of opted to go for a bit of a side story and and deviate pretty heavily from our main plot. I was super excited to see kind of what was happening with the Timekeepers and the TVA in this week's episode, and, and we didn't really get any of that. So I was a little bit bummed that we kind of strayed from our main story so much this week. Yeah, I mean, as for me, starting with episode one, uh, I mean, as a, or the series overall, like Austin said, yeah, I've been enjoying it as well. It's cool seeing Tom Hiddleston come back and and play this new and improved Loki, I guess. It was awesome seeing seeing him get involved with these uh, Time Variance Authority people and getting to learn about Owen Wilson's Mobius and the rest of the characters. Um, I didn't get to review episode two with you guys, um, and I was talking to Austin before we started recording. Man, that episode went by so fast for me, and I'm like trying to remember what exactly happened in it, but the high point was for me was uh, whenever he goes off with the, the variant Loki, or what's supposed to be the variant Loki. And then uh, as far as episode three, I think I was a little bit more up on this one uh, than the second episode. really liked the whole sci-fi stuff on Lamentis and going into the future. I thought that stuff was all cool. And then, then being chased and trying to get out of, out of that moon-like planet. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to see what's going to happen. I think it's a lot of suspense building with it. want to know what happens to Loki and how, how he's going to pan out in all this. Yeah, I think I'm, for the most part, with you guys. I really loved the first two episodes. I had some gripes, just little nitpicks here and there, mostly involving the exposition that I mentioned kind of at the top there. But it was still interesting, so I can't fault it too much. As with this episode, I definitely agree with Austin that this one was definitely a surprising side story, I guess if you want to call it that. But I still really enjoyed it. Um, Like I said, I was shocked that we got this. I, I didn't expect something that felt kind of far off from what we were setting up, but then I started thinking about it some more, and I was like, well, I guess in the first episode, they did set up the whole rogue Loki being kind of the main plot. That's why they brought in the 2012 Loki. So the idea of them kind of going on this weird adventure together, I guess, is kind of the main story. It just doesn't really feel like it because the first two episodes were so, like, TVA and Mobius-focused. So... Regardless of if this is technically the main plot of the show going forward or just like a little spin-off side thing that gets us somewhere more interesting, I had a good time with it and I really loved Tom Hiddleston and Sofia DiMartino's chemistry. It was super fun and there was lots of fun action and good comedy. So does this, once we get to the end of the season, do we look back on this one and go, that one was kind of the odd one out. It didn't really matter. Maybe, but at least for now, I'm left with a good taste in my mouth. I had a good time watching this one. 
I agree with you guys. This episode is still really fun. I thought whenever we do kind of deviate and go on this adventure with Loki and Lady Loki, I was just surprised that this was the whole episode. I thought it was going to be maybe half of the episode, and then we'd be back to the TVA and the Mobius stuff. And it it was just surprising to me when the credits rolled that all we got was the side story this week. That's definitely true. I mean, I I was surprised as well. I mean, anybody out there craving that weekly Owen Wilson, Tom Hiddleston content? I don't know. Going to have to wait. Just going to have to wait. You're going to have to go watch his Jimmy Kimmel appearance, I guess. I guess so. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, But I guess before we talk too much about casting and all that good stuff, that, everybody, is our non-spoiler thoughts. So if you haven't watched the first three episodes of Loki so far, this is your chance to bounce on out and go watch it. Once you've done so, come on back to this episode and listen to the rest, because now is your official spoiler warning. We're about to break everything down, and we won't hold back. Let's get into it. All right, before we get into the good stuff, let's run down our full cast and crew real quick. Again, this is Season 1, Episode 3, and this episode is called Lamentus. All right, so Loki, of course, is created by Michael Waldron. This episode is directed by Kate Heron and written by Bisha K. Ali. And of course, our wonderful score is composed by Natalie Holt. And for our cast this week, it's pretty small. We have Tom Hiddleston, of course, back in the lead as Loki. And this week, he is joined by Sophia DiMartino as Sylvie, a.k.a. Lady Loki, maybe, a.k.a. Loki, maybe, a.k.a. The Variant, we don't really know, <laughs> uh, Sasha Lane as Hunter C20, and Gugu Mbatha-Ra as Ravona Renslayer. So guys, I think we really can only choose between Tom Hiddleston or Sophia DiMartino. Who were your highlights this week? Um, I would say my highlights were Tom Hiddleston and Sophia DiMartino. <laughs> 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 That's a pretty good pick. Good pick. <laughs> they were both very, very good. I will, yeah, I, th- I liked them a lot. They were very cool together. I think they had good chemistry, and I liked all their conversations they had uh, in this episode. Yeah, obviously, based on this episode being really just focused on them meeting and interacting in a significant way for the first time and going on this, you know, little journey. Obviously, they're at the forefront here, so I have to shout them out. But if I had to throw another one in there, I think I would shout out Bisha K. Ali's writing because whether or not I liked this episode as much as the other two, I'm still trying to figure that out. But I do think that the banter between both of these characters was a standout and it was very different from the Loki and Mobius interactions. So it did, I did really appreciate the writing this time around. I thought there was some really funny moments, but it was balanced out with some really interesting character development moments. Like whenever they're talking about their mom, who is kind of the same person, it's more of like a shared experience, I suppose. And the way they treated that over these two characters that are the same person from different timelines, I found very satisfying and informative to their characters. So I want to shout out the writing team on this one. Yeah, the writing and the banter was really fun this week. Uh, for my highlight, I guess I'll shout out Tom Hiddleston's singing voice, because uh, oh. seeing him do some Asgardian hymns was pretty fun. Um, and then, I guess just for a bit of a negative highlight, uh, the special effects department, man, that planet did not look good this week. I was not impressed, especially for this being an MCU show. Yeah, I kind of noticed that too. It did look a little odd. The, it really jumped out to me in that last shot that like weird kind of one take tracking shot like the action scene of them racing towards cool in concept for sure 
Um, and there was some cool action choreography here and there, but I don't know what it was. I, I guess I just agree. Some of that CG of like, you know, shit falling all over the place was kind of like, oh yeah, this is definitely a TV show, not a movie. Maybe it's not fair because Matt, I have been playing uh, Ratchet and Clank on PS5 and that game looks so incredible. So I, maybe I was coming from that to Loki and it just wasn't a fair comparison. <sighs> God damn it. I knew this would happen. <laughs> All right, so that's good for the cast talk. Matt, can you please remind us what happened in this week's episode of Loki? All righty, let's break it down. So Loki follows the variant, whose name is Sylvie, to the TVA, where they are confronted by Ravana Renslayer before escaping using a tempad to 2077 Lamentus 1, which is a moon that is soon to be crushed by a planet. Both are unable to escape due to the tempad having run out of power, and so the two sneak aboard a train bound for the Ark, a spaceship intended to evacuate Lamentus 1, in order to siphon its power and recharge the tempad. Unfortunately, Loki accidentally breaks the tempad when he is thrown from the train, and he and Sylvie have even more of a reason to reach the Ark. During their journey, Sylvie reveals to Loki that the TVA is comprised entirely of variants, rather than being created by the timekeepers as Mobius had claimed. Loki and Sylvie then arrive at the Ark's location and have to fight their way through the guards, only to witness it being destroyed by a meteor, which leaves them stranded. So that's what went down, guys. So now it's time to get into our thoughts, our specific thoughts, and all those good points we want to bring up. So let's get into our roundtable discussion. I'll start us off this time. So immediately, I just really liked where this episode picked up from the last one. Austin and I had concerns, I think, about Loki's motivations after the advancement of his character throughout episodes one and two. And we were kind of like, okay, he's getting in the portal and he's going away from Mobius. Like, is he doing that to go after the variant? Is he just escaping? So. I was like, are they just throwing all this good character stuff away? And the answer, I think, at least for now, is no. And sure, while working with Sylvie to reach the timekeepers may still be in the cards, he ultimately followed her to stop her and is willing to pull them into an unknown portal just to get her to stop attacking the TVA. And so from there, we get to learn more about these characters over this weird episode-long journey. So for me, this was a really cool choice and certainly unexpected. What did you guys think? After the ending of episode two, is this kind of story what you wanted, both plot and character-wise? So it sounds like you're leaning more towards Loki had, I guess, peer motivations in this week's episode. I'm still not sure if that's the case. I yeah. think the only reason he went after her, it seems like he really wants to team up. And it seems like he likes the idea of having two Lokis working against the TVA. I think he thinks that could really help his plan. And then you said he pulled them into the portal to get her to stop attacking the TVA. To me, I think he was worried that maybe like a rogue baton hits her and she's disintegrated. And so he just pulled her out of danger because he didn't want to risk having opportunity not to like talk with her and, and figure out a plan on how they could work together. Definitely possible. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if he wants to work with her. I'm still not sure if he wants to work with the time variants either at that point when he goes to follow her. I think he's just kind of confused. He's like, well, I better just follow her because this is my job for them, for the time variants. Um, and then he's probably going to you know, try to figure her out as well and see what she's about. And maybe she'll have a better offer because that's who Loki is. He's always looking for the better offer. Yeah, I also don't know how, like, focused of a character Loki is. Like, I think whenever, whatever the most interesting thing is that's going on, that's what Loki's going to follow. And whenever the portal's going off and, and last week Lady Loki's escaping, the most interesting thing for Loki is, what the hell is this alternate version of me up to? So, of course, he's going to follow her. So, I think it also is just partly curiosity, too. For sure. Definitely combination. I guess more of what I'm saying is I'm glad that he just wasn't escaping, whether or not it was yeah, a pure motivation yeah. or not. Austin and I, Keith, last week were concerned, like, 
the, that that look he gave to Mobius at the end, it's like, uh, is he just throwing all this good stuff away just to jump in this portal and end up in some other timeline? And regardless of what he was trying to do, they ended up in the same place. So he definitely got to the TVA and acted upon that, regardless of what he was, you know, trying to save people or get or work with her. It didn't matter. I was just glad it wasn't like an episode long thing where Loki's by himself through time. Like, and then at the end, it's like, I guess I'll go back to the TVA. It's like, that would have been such a waste of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad they didn't do that. Are you guys hoping for a little Ravona Renslayer, Loki and Loki fight scene? I was, I was kind of excited for that. Me too. We only got a little bit of her. I was hoping for something. And I, I feel like I say every week that we're going to get more Gugu and Bathora on this. And so far, it's not really happening. And so I'm hoping the second <laughs> half of the season we get more because there's clearly something going on with that character. And I mean, we'll get to it at the end. But that twist reveal of the whole the timekeepers didn't create these people. We got to keep in mind that Ravona is the conduit to the timekeepers, as she keeps saying. So if that's true, then she presumably would know about it. So there might be some conflict with her and Mobius coming up. So like I touched on at the top, um, after the way episode two ended with the way momentum was building, uh, I, I was super surprised that they went for a side story this week, especially when the opening of this show picks up right where episode two left off and takes us right outside the Timekeeper's gate. I thought we were for sure going to learn a bunch more about the TVA and the Timekeepers this week. Ultimately, the only reveal we really got was that the TVA agents are the variants. Uh, were you guys surprised that this whole episode took place on the Mentis one, or were you happy to kind of take a break from the main story this week? I was surprised, but I, I liked it, though. I liked what happened, and I, I think it was necessary to get to know the possible variant of Loki, which is known as Sylvie. So I really, I really enjoyed all of their conversations they had and all their little antics and all their adventures they went on in this episode. Were you surprised that we weren't back at the TVA by the end of this episode, though? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I was thinking Mobius was, or somebody else is going to somehow come through the little, their little time portal things they have at the end there. Yeah, I didn't love the cliffhanger of this episode. I didn't love that it was like, oh, the arc's destroyed, and then they just like look on as it happens, and then it immediately ends. Because you're right, it really felt like, based on how the show has been playing out so far, that a portal should have opened up last minute, and like a hand reaches out and pulls them in or something. Um, yeah. I, I guess I can't complain that what I thought would happen didn't, but it just was a weird ending. You're right. As for the general question, it's a weird one because I agree that this episode did kind of, um, it didn't mess with the momentum that episodes one and two set up. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, I am still conflicted because they have been setting up the uh, variant Loki as the main plot of the show. So this, in a weird way, is like a side story and advancing the main plot because we get to learn more about that variant character. And now I'm wondering how she factors into the rest of the show. So it's just one of those weird episodes. Yeah, I agree the momentum was a bit off, but I am also with Keith that the content that they did give us, I found interesting and fun and engaging. So sure, there was times that in the back of my mind, I was like, I wonder what's going on with the TVA right now and Mobius. Like, what's, what, what are they up to? But um, yeah, overall, I was, I was happy with it. Yeah, I mean, the content was great this week. There's no doubt about that. And Keith did make a good point that this was a really good way to get to know Sylvie and, and introduce her to the audience. I think I had just gotten so used to the Mobius-Loki dynamic that it felt like a really big departure from kind of the formula it set up for this week. And then also last week ended with a huge cliffhanger with the time bombs being dropped all over the timeline. And I was surprised that that didn't get addressed at all this week. Do you guys think, uh, since this is kind of a time travel episode, that we'll, we might get like a time travel or flashback back to maybe another conversation with Loki and Mobius where Mobius kind of maybe tells Loki to follow her under any situation, even if he pretends to object? 
That would be an interesting way to make sure that their relationship stays intact. I think I would be more interested, though, in like the fallout of Loki choosing to just leave Mobius and the TVA behind. I don't know. I just feel like Mobius is different from the rest of the TVA people. That is actually something Matt and I touched on last week, Keith, is it does seem like Mobius is on the outs with the TVA. He has that meeting with Ravona in episode two where she's like, one more mess up, Loki, and, and you know what happens. So Matt and I were wondering, like, what does it mean if he messes up again? Does he get disintegrated? Does he get retired? Like, we weren't really sure because it did seem like a threat to Mobius uh, in episode two. And now that we know that there are variants or possibly variants, where did he come from? Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, again, I think that, t- I think that does tie into the twist of this episode. I think knowing that these people are variants, it could lead to some flashback type episodes where they were living their normal life before that. Now that we know that that's a thing, now that we know that they weren't created theoretically by the timekeeper. So it could lead to some kind of character advancement for some of those characters, Mobius included. So maybe that will shed some light on some of our questions. But again, I don't know, because there's only three episodes left. I mean, if there was like 10, I would say it's a shoe in for some of those types of episodes. But I don't know. I just don't know how they're going to balance it all. So yeah, I mean, uh, we have a lot more to talk about, but I guess let's go ahead and just get to the big thing right now. I think the big reveal of this episode actually comes right before the climactic moments of the ending race to the arc. The fact that the TVA members are all just variants that have somehow been brainwashed, I guess, into thinking that they've always been there and that the timekeepers created them. All that was super interesting to me. Loki was obviously taken aback by this since he seems to feel bad that the TVA members don't know the truth. So here are my big questions. What are our updated thoughts on the timekeepers? And perhaps more importantly, did Mobius already know this information? He is the one that told Loki this lie, I guess, last episode. But if he's a variant as well, then he wouldn't have known in the first place. So what do you guys think? What do we think about the timekeepers? And what do we think about Mobius? Did he know? Yeah, I think I'm even more dug in on my theory from last week, which was that I think the timekeepers might just be a myth made up by some higher ups at the TVA. Um, especially with all these people being variants. It seems like this is something once they get brainwashed, they just get told, hey, there's these timekeeper guys and and you got to stay in line. I still keep thinking about the way Ravona was talking in episode two. It really did feel like a Wizard of Oz type thing where she's like, the timekeepers are very focused on you, Mobius. Like, make sure you stay in line. It just To me, it just really feels like something that is just told to the TVA people to keep them focused on what their tasks are. I agree. Like I said earlier, I think, Mobius definitely feels different from the rest, so I think they do have something on him, and he's being forced to possibly work there. And as far as, like, the timekeeper gods, like the three, I don't remember what they called them, like the three guys who were in charge of everything. Yeah, I think you might be right, Austin. I think it might be just a myth that they made up. That's how I felt at the end of this episode, that it's just, it's all just made up, and these people are just on the hunt for all these different people. For what reason, I don't know. Well, and for the reason, I, the timekeepers are certainly starting to feel more and more like an evil organization to me. So yeah. I think they could be definitely be setting up our kind of next MCU big bad. Yeah, I think they could be. I don't think they're fully a myth. I still feel like I did last week, which is I still think there is some truth to the timekeepers, but I don't think it's nearly as much as the TVA is being led on. I don't think there's these three gods that fought in this multiverse war and ended it and created a sacred timeline. I don't think that's the case. Um, In fact, I mean, if the multiverse war never ended, that could explain Austin and I's question last week of how does the variant thing even work? If there's one sacred timeline, why are there so many variants? So if the multiverse war never ended, 
then that could explain why there's so many. Most most of them working in the TVA, and then your random like uh, Sylvies, like these types of variants as well. So I think there's going to be like some scene near the end of that. So I think like both Loki and Sylvie, they're going to be kind of their whole thing is going to be careening them towards the Timekeepers, and maybe in the finale of the second to last episode, they finally get there, they finally get past Ravona or something, and then it's like here's the big reveal, and it's going to be like just like one sad old man or something it's just like uh, oh that's the timekeeper it's like it's not it's going to be like nothing that we think but i think there might be some truth to this i just don't know what it is so i saw an interesting theory on on reddit this isn't my theory i saw it on reddit and i just wanted to run it by you guys and it's just about the whole tva as as a whole um and, and it kind of goes back to keith's question from the first episode which is where's the tva located i saw a theory going around that the TVA could exist in the quantum realm from Ant-Man that Scott goes to because oh. Scott has a statement in the movie where he says time works differently here and it's the exact same thing that Mobius says mm. to Loki in episode one. Okay. That's right. Interesting. Yeah, that could explain it because, I mean, they seem to imply that it kind of exists out of time and space as well. So if it's in this different realm, that makes sense. I like that. Do you have any theories of how the quantum realm could tie into our kind of next big villain, Matt? I do. It's one of those things I don't want to say because I I just feel like there is going to be some, I feel like there's going to be some tie to it. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but I guess I'll go ahead and do it because Austin, I did talk about it last week, but one of the big Marvel villains from comics is Kang the Conqueror. Um, And Keith, I don't know if you know this, but Kang has a very specific look. And the way that middle timekeeper looks... It's that weird kind of like, I don't know how to describe it over audio, but essentially it's just like there's a face, but then there's like a, like a full like helmet that goes around the entire head. If anybody out there goes back and watch the first episode, whenever they had that whole like animation where they explained it, they showed that, that character in color too. That looks exactly like the race of people that Kang the Conqueror is. And they have said that Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country on HBO Max is going to be playing Kang in what movie? Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the next Ant-Man movie. So, to Austin's point, if there is some quantum realm tie, and at the end of the show it's like, oh, the, one of the race of the Timekeeper people has gone rogue. It's, what's their name? It's Kang. And it's in the quantum realm, then that's probably why he pops up in Ant-Man 3. So, the second Austin said that theory, which I hadn't heard, that's kind of where my mind was going, but that's how that might tie into the future of the MCU. I thought that one was cool, especially since they tied it back to it's the same line of dialogue that both Mobius and Scott use when talking about the quantum realm. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Good on you, Reddit. Thanks, Reddit. Yeah, so, I mean, let's jump back to Loki here. So, in the overall series, how do you guys feel about Loki's progression? I mean, at this point, I mean, is it believable that he's still the same guy from 2012? Because, I mean, he did just come straight from the Avengers, and he was the main villain in that movie. And it feels like, to me, this guy's, you know, a lot nicer than that guy and not as uh, conniving and evil. So um, do you think he's turning a new leaf in a credible way? Or do you think they're stretching it a bit just to make his character, you know, worth rooting for? Or is this still the same Loki that maybe he's planning something mischievous underneath all of this? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that this week too, Keith, because just watching this Loki, like, actively trying like not to hurt people and stuff like that i was thinking about like this is a very sharp turn from the guy who released an entire alien race on new york city like in in this timeline maybe an hour ago before he got to the tva i was just thinking about like why is loki not just like 
tearing through this train whenever the security guards attack him. Like, it seems like he's adhering to the Captain America Avengers rules of, like, we're not going to hurt people. Like, it, it, it was very a very sharp dynamic and a, and a sharp twist that I was thinking about this week, too, Keith. Yeah, I think the only small defense to that would be is whenever in, in the first episode of this series, whenever he watches the, the video that Mobius shows him about his alternate self being nice yeah. and having good moments with his brother and his mom and all that, maybe that turned him over a little bit. But other than that, I feel like he would still be that same guy who's trying to rule all of Earth <laughs> from the Avengers. Yeah, it's tough. I think to answer the question, yes. I think they are forcing it a little bit to fit the context of their show. And like you guys have mentioned, there are some things here and there that I guess kind of explain why he's a little bit different, even though I still don't think it works fully. I mean, yeah, the idea of him seeing his entire future up until he dies and seeing kind of the resolution that he comes to with his father and with Thor, um, that would change anybody. But again, he didn't live that. So he's just watching it. And the fact that you're right, Keith, he does seem so different is a little bit weird based on this timeline. So I, I definitely have some issues with that too. Not with Tom Hiddleston's performance. I just think it's the way they're writing the character in the context of a six episode show. That's a little bit odd. So yeah, I've definitely noticed that. I mean, whenever he's just like drinking and having a good time and then you think about it exactly like, I mean, he killed a lot of people in New York. It's like, Oh, that's a little bit weird. The only other argument I could say is again, since we're only supposed to be thinking about the first Thor movie and the Avengers, even though he did tons of evil shit, I'm not saying he didn't. Um, in the first Thor, we kind of talked about when we reviewed it um, on our retrospective and review series for phase one, that he's just a weakling in that. I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just that he's kind of a god that's trying, that finds out his true past and is like, he feels dejected and abandoned by his real father. And then also he feels like Odin, his like the person he always thought was his father is like rejecting him, does never wanted him to be king. And he finds out all these truths on his own and it just like twists his mind. Um, and then in the Avengers movie, he's just the pawn of Thanos, as we find out. I mean, nothing that he's doing is his own action. He's just has a new lease on life. He was saved by them and is like just doing their bidding. And even at the end of the first Avengers, Thor tells him to stop. And like he's like, it's too late. I can't. So Loki did tons of evil shit, but he was never, I guess, the most evil person. So yeah, it's a combination of things. But I, I, yeah, I still think it's forced seeing him in episode three goofing around. It is still a bit jarring. Despite it being forced, though, like I, I still do like it. Like yeah, the too. way Loki yeah. ends up at the end of the MCU is a great character, and I'm glad we're getting more of that character as opposed to the all-out evil character. I will say though, they keep showing him holding those knives, and I just kind of want to see him let loose. I mean, let Loki blow off some steam. Let him, let him go full speed with those knives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, those were those were the Ragnarok knives. I was hoping to see some of that action too. And in this episode, he was, like, using powers I don't think we've seen before. I mean, he was, like, force-pushing people and all that. I was like, oh, I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> Why does he even have knives? <laughs> yeah, so so speaking about Loki, let's also kind of close things out today by talking about Sylvie. What are you guys expecting from this character the rest of this season? Uh, she for sure has a vendetta with the Timekeepers, but she doesn't seem as evil as the TVA was making her out to be at the beginning of the season. Another good point. It's a, It's almost, it ties into our Loki as well. I mean, 
a character that has done evil things in his past, but whenever you kind of look at it as a whole and in the context of this show, it's like, well, I guess he's not as bad as we thought. Um, doesn't excuse past actions. It seems like that's kind of the same thing here. I mean, we thought Sylvie was horrible and clearly she's killed people and hurt people and done bad things. But then whenever you see her like sitting across from our Loki and they're like sharing a drink in their childhood memories, it's like, oh, I guess they're not as bad. Um, and then to your point also, whenever that TVA reveal comes into play, it's like, oh, yeah, now, now I do kind of want to see them confront the timekeepers. Like, why did they lie to these people and maybe brainwash them and force them to be here? Like, what's that about? So, yeah, I mean, I didn't expect it at the beginning. I thought this was going to be our main bad, but it seems like now the timekeepers are. Man, I'm still not entirely convinced that Sylvie is a variant of Loki. Mm-hmm, good point. I just wasn't buying it. I mean, she didn't, for, for one, she doesn't like to be called by the name Loki, that's kind of been kind of weird. It's like she still has not answered why she doesn't like to be called Loki. Um, two, I mean, she doesn't seem to really show any proof that she is from Asgard. She will ask Loki questions about Asgard, like what was your mom like and all that. She'll ask questions, but she never really has any detailed answers of her own. And then three, yeah, I just have a hunch that she's just a completely different person that somehow they may, the timekeepers may be convinced that the real Loki is a variant of her. And that they've they've convinced Loki that she's a variant of him, and they're not actually variants of each other at all. Yeah, those are good points, Keith. And I uh, I did Google the name Sylvie just because I was curious if that's supposed to be a name we're supposed to recognize from the MCU. And just from what I saw from a quick search, is just that in the comics, Sylvie is just a resident of Earth who, whenever Asgard relocates to Earth, is essentially just given powers by Loki, like from Loki. Loki gives her powers, and uh-huh. he has his own reasons for doing that. But that's that's kind of all she is in the comics. So it is interesting that they chose to use that Sylvie name, too, because essentially she's just a human who Loki gives powers to. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure how they would adapt that into this context. But, I mean, Keith is 100% right. There are some things that, like, sound good that she's saying, but also as, like, just, like, a TV viewer, it makes you question. Like, the fact that her, if we assume she is Loki, her Freya, her mother, I guess, died long before... I mean, she would even remember her, whereas our Loki had a very long-lasting relationship with his mother. So it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's sad. Like, you know, I guess that's just how, you know, the whole time variance thing works. Things are different. But then it also makes you go, well, that is something she could also just be saying because it kind of just deflects conversation. It's like, oh, I don't know. I, I can't I can't answer these questions. So I'll just say that I don't remember. So it's one of those weird things. Like there's like equal amounts of things to make you go, oh, I guess she is Loki, when there's also red flags, too. Do you guys think there's any way this show ends with Sofia DeMartino, like, kind of replacing Tom Hiddleston in the MCU? No, I don't think so. I, I think she'll I think she'll stick around in some form, but I think if we get a Loki season two or whatever it may be, I think it's still going to be Tom Hiddleston. So let's say this is just like a, a standalone thing, like WandaVision. When, when credits roll on, on this season, do you think we still have both of them? Do we have one or the other? What are you guys thinking so far? I think we still have both, and they just kind of go their separate ways. Uh, I would hope they would keep her around. I think she's a cool character. My guess is I think the characters that are going to be gone by the end of this thing are the timekeepers. And I think there's going to be some scene in the finale where Mobius or Ravona Renslayer, if she turns out to be not evil, because again, I think it's weird that we learn the truth about the TVA and Ravona Renslayer is the only person allegedly that can talk to the timekeepers. So she could be a bad guy. So I'll just say for the sake of argument, I feel like after the timekeepers are gone, there could be some scene with Mobius telling Loki, like, well, Loki, you know, we still, the TVA, regardless of what we thought we were doing here, 
the work to keep the timeline safe is still important. So I'm going to lead the TVA and we're going to make sure the timeline is safe. And then it could be like setting up for a season two. And then like maybe Sylvie comes in and like the whole setup for the future is like the next season or next story is like, is it's it's these two that go on these missions together, maybe like um, fixing time and stopping crazy shit. Like I, I think both are going to last this season and I think it could set up future stuff too with them together. Okay, so Keith is Keith is leaning towards a fork in the road for our two Lokis, and Matt is leaning towards a buddy cop romantic comedy for our two Lokis. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right, guys, I think that'll cover all of our juicy and hot takes for Loki episode three. It's been a fun show so far, and thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and this series, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we'd really appreciate that so we can continue to grow the show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, just leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday to close out this round of our favorite movies. I will be leading the charge with this pick. Martin Campbell and Antonio Banderas's The Mask of Zorro. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a fun episode. And of course, we are super excited to be back into a bonus series. Uh, for the rest of this series, you know, Loki's coming out on Wednesday, so be on the lookout for our recaps every Friday. And also at the end of this month, next week, actually, be on the lookout for another episode of Co-op Couch, our monthly gaming show. Matt and I are going to sit down and discuss all that hot goths from E3 2021. And of course, we teased it at the beginning, but we are bringing our brackets back. And this time around, we will be sitting down to decide what is the best comedy ever made. So be on the lookout for that in just a few weeks. Can't wait. The bracket episodes are some of my favorite to do. I love to battle it out. Man, I think it's going to be a tough one this time, for sure. It might be the hardest yet. We'll see. Yeah. So far for me, actually, this one's had the most uh, stinkers for me. Like, I've had a, a good amount that I haven't enjoyed on a rewatch. <laughs> some of mine, some of mine, too, that I submitted, so. Yeah, I was nervous that would happen, but again, it's just, out of anything we've ever done, comedy is just so subjective. So it's going to be so hard to argue these things. I mean, if Austin just really doesn't like something, and I do, it's like, how, how do we, <laughs> it just goes by the vote. Works. I guess it just goes by the vote, yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. So with that, have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.